0: this episode was supposed to be a very different episode. Essentially the same story, but with a different ending. This is not how the story ends, right? This is just not how the story ends. And I felt that in my core and I felt that in my bones and like my fucking intuition. So now I'm questioning my intuition, right? Cause I'm like spiritually and my intuition and my highest self, I felt like I knew this. How is this not happening? I was grieving these family photos of a family that wasn't complete, if that was the story. And I felt sad. What's up, lady? And welcome back to the podcast. It's your favorite style coach and podcast host, Katie here with the biggest bitch episode ever. um, Yeah, so today's the day. Today's the episode, today's the day. It's the one that has been inside of me for a while that I've been wanting to share and just haven't been able to because I hadn't been able to share it with myself yet. So this episode is part two. Is the follow up to the original Big Bitch Energy episode where I was like, ah, you're gonna hate me because I'm not spilling the tea, but one day I will spill the tea. So I'm ready to tell my story. And it's really funny. I have the fucking chills. Oh, I have the chills. The timing's perfect. I'm not completely there, I'm not completely healed. But I'm ready to tell the story. And I just, oh my God, I just have the chills. Um, it's the perfect day to record. It's sunny. I'm sitting in the closet. The sun is shining. The sun has not shined in Virginia for fucking like five days straight. It's unfucking real. It's a perfect day. I don't have um a lot of calls. Today is podcast day, and nobody's in the house, which is I haven't actually had very often at all. My husband works from home as well, and I'm usually here with somebody when I record almost all the time. So ah, I'm so excited. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm just going to spill the fucking beans, and I'm going to forewarn you, it's a heavy episode, But I'm sharing it because I just think it's something that we don't talk about enough. It's something that I've experienced in the past and to experience again at 40, rocked my world and just something that I just want to talk about because I talk about all the things. I want to share the experience. I want to share what I learned from it and I just want to talk it through because this and, and I want to inspire. I want to inspire myself, and I want to inspire anyone else that's listening. And inspiration is my intention now and probably forever with what I want to do when I show up and communicate with others. I want to serve people. I want to offer people transformations in their life. With my gifts that I am owning as my gifts um, around styling and making women feel amazing in their bodies and helping them see themselves. Really, my gift is just to hold the mirror in front of you and let you witness yourself. My gift is that I'm strong enough to pick up that fucking scary mirror for you and just give you that permission because that's what I need someone to do for me. And someone once told me, and it comes back and it resonates through me constantly, is that, you know, we teach what we need, right? We're so, that's what we do. That's our gift is to teach what we need. And for me, um, styling has been a way to connect back to myself, my real, truest, most authentic self and to let me see myself, and to be seen, and to validate. And those are the wounds that I'm constantly working through is to be seen. Um, But by myself, through myself, not by anybody else. But there's a double-edged sword though. there, right? Uh, Because we're always communicating. However, I feel that your first interaction with most people is inspiring and should be inspiring. And that's my intention going forward is to me when someone says like, what would love to do today? How do I show up with love today? For me, that love is going to be how can I keep myself inspired and others inspired? I fucking hate the word motivated because I attach motivated to... The hustle and the grind and like all the things I need to do. Like I'm not motivated to, you know, do this or to do that or plan out my content, my marketing or to get on this call or, you know, go to the gym, whatever those things are that we know actually would like make our lives easier that we procrastinate on. I hate the fucking word motivate. So my intention is to fucking inspire, 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 inspire. And to me, that's the essence of what big bitch shit is to me when I say that. Can you tell I'm fucking stalling? (laughs) Ah, I'm so ready for it. I really just hope I don't cry. I might cry. Um, Just saying that is making me choke up a little bit. But something that I think, another thing that I think really is my gift is authenticity, realness, and grittiness. But what I've learned through this experience is that I stop myself at a certain point with my authenticity. And that is when it comes to grief or sadness. And I have no problem pulling back the curtain and talking about sex and periods and motherhood and failure and flaws and bad decisions and fucking up and like, Doing something from the wrong energy and just, like, making a fucked up bad mistake. I have no problem pulling back the layers and admitting that I'm not perfect because inherently I think I'm fucking amazing. But I also know that I'm going to fuck up shit. I inherently, I feel like I'm amazing, but I also know I'm not going to do things the right way. And I'm really good at being like, okay, this isn't going to go how how it's planned, but what can I learn from it? And I have no fucking problem doing that on a goal achieving level. And when I say goal achieving, to me, like anything that I really want in my life is a goal. So whether that's to meditate every day or to become a fucking millionaire, in, in anything in between there to me, is a goal-achieving level. But what I've realized through this experience is that my authenticity and my vulnerability stops at me having a real fucking emotion (laughs) that is called grief or sadness. And this has been a recurring fucking theme in my life. It came up for the first time uh, when I lost my job. And someone said to me, it's okay to grieve that, right? You don't have to just power through and start a business and Just be grateful for the opportunity. You can be grateful for the opportunity to start a business, and you can grieve the loss of your life as you knew it. And you can grieve the loss of the things that were amazing about your career. And I didn't. I can't, there's not a day that I think I did, but. That always stuck with me because I was like, why the fuck would she say that to me? (laughs) Like, Why are you saying that? And of course, it stuck with me because it was something that I wasn't willing to let myself do. So how can I be authentic with you? How can I be vulnerable with you if I don't allow myself to be that vulnerable with myself? Right? I don't allow myself to go there. I push that shit so far down. And I barrel fucking through, and then instead of dealing with it, I do something wild. So now that we're like 10 minutes in and I've completely stopped, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, start the story. So I'm gonna start with this week. I've really been leaning into, and if you've talked to me recently on Voxer or DM, this is something I've been trying to really lean into is meditating. And obviously when you meditate, or at least when I meditate, I don't know about you, my fucking brain still rolls. And I try to always come back to my breath, but I try to receive like ideas. It's kind of like the shower for me. I get, I feel like I get the best ideas in the shower. So this space has kind of created that and like people pop in my mind, ideas pop in my mind, and I let it feel really good and organic, right? So if someone pops in my mind as someone that, would be a great person to work with because they have something coming up in their life or something going on in their life, I a, I use that as organic hit to connect with this person. It's the, oh my God, I was just thinking about you moment. And the next person is, holy shit, I can't believe you text me because I was just thinking about you too. So what came up for me this week in my meditation, lots of things did, but one of the big thing that relates in this story is Amy Porterfield. Which, complete transparency, I like Amy Porterfield. I think she's a brilliant entrepreneur, but she's not like my woman. She's not gritty enough for me, right? Like, I love her. I've gotten valuable information out of listening to her um, podcast. I've done some of her free workshops, She knows how to fucking run a successful business, no doubt. I don't binge her podcast because she's just not gritty enough for me, right? And that's fine. So she's on my like list. She's just not on my love list. She's not on my obsessed list. So when her name came up for me in my um, meditation, I was like, oh, Amy Porterfield. And my first thought was, she must be talking about something in her business that's going to be really relevant to my business. I should go listen to it maybe this is the next big idea that's going to make me rich. And (laughs) no shit. So the first episode on there was Mel Robbins and Mel Robbins' promotion of her new book. If you listen to any podcast, Mel Robbins has probably been on a podcast that you listen to. She is in a PR blitz that's fucking magic. And I've never seen anyone push like that maybe just it's all the podcasters I listen to, but I love Mel Robbins. So Mel Robbins is my kind of gritty, right? But So I've already heard this podcast, but on another podcast. So I love her. I love her attitude. I'm a huge fan of her books, her work, and the simple techniques that she teaches people. If you haven't heard about her new book, then please go look it up. Um, But I knew that that wasn't the episode for me because I've been there, done that. I'm already a fan, pre-ordered the book, all the things, right? I'm there. I fucking am high-fiving myself in the mirror Every morning, if you know, you know, okay? So the very next episode was labeled Big Life Changes. And I was like, hmm, maybe this is the episode that I'm supposed to be listening to. So I hit play and she says, hey, this episode is not like any of my other episodes. And the title says some shit about like the first six months of 2021 being really fucking hard. And here are the three really big life changing things that have been going on for me, and I'm just going to just put it the fuck out there and just admit that I was struggling during one of my launches, admit that I had a hard time transitioning, and like just admit all these things that I'm not comfortable in my body, blah, blah, blah. And I was just listening. And she even said, it's so funny, she had even said in this interview, like people always tell me I'm so polished, but I really think the people who are most successful in the online space are people who are gritty and authentic and like messy and I was like hey, you're ta- you're speaking my language right so I'm listening to this she's being super authentic and very vulnerable and just had just talked right just like spilled her fucking heart on the podcast and I knew in that moment that that was it was my day it was my turn to do my version of this and just be open with everyone in my life around what's been going on in my life so here it is. God damn, I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> I don't know why this is so hard for me. Um, So I'm going to go back. Or I'm going to go way back. But um, okay, so I'm just going to go way back. So July 2020, I make a decision. And you're going to know real quick where I'm headed with this story. July 2020, I make a decision to get off birth control. Because... It's, I'm 39, I know in 2021, I'm gonna be 40. Actually, was it 2019? Actually, was it? I can't fucking remember. Anyway, I gotten all, okay, so my dates, I hear I am like, I'm gonna go right back. I have it all planned out and I fucking absolutely don't have it planned out at all, clearly. Um, So definitely, it's 2019 and the end of 2019 and we're writing our goals for 2020. And I told my husband in 2020, I wanted to get off of the pill because I knew like in the, my birthday's in February, right? So like I knew 39, right? Like 39's coming up. My birthday's in February. So when you're doing your goals, like I'm always, my birthday's literally like the most important thing to me in my life, one of them. I'm already thinking about it. So I'm turning 39. So I'm like telling him like, here's some of my goals. So we talk about it. He's like, cool. I'm going to get a vasectomy. Cool. It's scheduled for March, 2020. So we all know what happens in March 2020, the whole fucking world explodes, blah, 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 elective surgeries like vasectomies are canceled, blah, blah, blah. So summer of 2020, you know, we've all been in the house for months. I'm losing my fucking mind. And I'm like, I really want to tap into my body. Like, I've got to get back into my body. How can I like, what can I control? I can't control the world. I can't control what's going on outside of me. What the fuck can I I control? I still have my career at this point. And I'm like, I know I want to get off of birth control. So I'm in a business um, mastermind in 2020. You guys know um, I had Amanda Walker on my podcast. And through that and some of my other communities and coaches, I had met... Two amazing ladies that run Zesty Ginger. If you don't follow them, go follow them on Zesty Ginger on Instagram, functional MD and a medical doctor. And they talk to, I think that's what they are. I'm pretty sure. They talk to women and support women and reconnecting to their bodies through sinking, just like healing their body through their periods, uh, reconnecting with their periods and their cycles and anything in that space. So I joined their Healthy Hormones group uh, workshop thing over the summer. And make a plan to get off the pill. I've done hormone testing, all the things, right? So I get off the pill. And that's going great. I've talked about that on the podcast. I've had other people on the podcast. I've meditated and downloaded a syncing with your style freebie, 18 fucking pages on my website. Like I'm really fucking in tune with my cycle. And this is July, 2020 well, July 2020, that I get off. And then the rest of the story, I start my, lose my job right after I start sinking my cycle. And I really lean in to syncing my cycle when I lost my job. And I truly believe it's one of the things that helped me reconnect back to my business, which is why I lean into it so heavily in my business. And I created that style syncing guide because I just started paying attention to how I was dressing based on how I feel, all the things. So... Fast forward July 2021. <laughs> we go on a vacation, like a 10-day. It's We don't go on a 10-day vacation. We have 10-day vacation, and it's a staycation slash vacation. We meet some friends at the beach. We go to Great Wolf Lodge. We stay the night at a couple different places. We stay home. We do all the things. At this point, I've been cycle syncing for a year and I have a very firm fucking belief and I'm just being completely fucking transparent on this and I can't even believe I'm saying all this shit. This is literally therapy. So uh, you're my therapist (laughs) right now. (laughs) Maybe I'm yours. Maybe you're mine. And I have a very firm fucking belief in my mind that at 40, you can't get pregnant, right? Like, not that you can't. I know you fucking can, but I'm talking about myself, okay? Like that. It's hard to get pregnant. And here, let me give you a little background here. I know I'm starting from the beginning. And I totally fucking did it. When my husband and I met in college at 19, I know I, I don't know if I talk about this a lot, but met in college at 19. We got married at 25. We've been together since we we're 19, literally have been together. We broke up like one time in college for like two fucking months. right when we first met, so at this point, we have literally, and this is in the year 2000, so we've literally been together for fucking 21 years, right? Get married at 25, try to start having kids at 27. And in my mind, I have spent the last 10 years of my life avoiding making kids because in my mind, (laughs) if I have sex one fucking time, I'm protected. I will get pregnant. And I was never the little girl who dreamed about having babies. It just wasn't who I was. I dreamed about being a fucking executive in New York City. It's just what I dreamed about. And my husband always thought I was like joking when I was like, I don't want to have kids. And then we decided to have kids. And that's a whole nother fucking podcast how we got there. But uh, we decided to have kids and I didn't have a hard time getting pregnant, but I had a hard time staying pregnant. And I had miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And it was the most fucking isolating, shame-ridden, fucking beat yourself up, fuck roller coaster that I've ever been to, been through, right? Like I checked every box in the book. Everyone's just accidentally getting pregnant all the time. And I'm like, I'm spiraling. And this is take, it takes us a little over a year. And I'm 27. I'm like, how the fuck? I'm not even that old, right? And I just, I can't even tell you how I felt back then because it's 13 years ago. And obviously, so much has changed since then. But a couple of the key things that I remember feeling was fucking alone. Let me tell you, social media didn't really exist. Okay, back in 2008, 2007, whenever we started trying, it had to be 2007 when we started trying. Um, It was just the beginning of Facebook and things like this. So like it was a lot harder to create your community because your community was like whoever you were around on a daily basis. And I wasn't at work with a bunch of other fucking 27 year olds who were getting pregnant. I was probably the youngest person and I was working at an ad agency at the time. And this is basically my whole life story. You won't even need to listen to the podcast after this anymore because uh, this is it. <laughs> this is all I got. And um, we finally get pregnant with our son. He's almost 13 now. Um, I, I don't post that much about him because he like doesn't want to be on my social media because he's too fucking cool for that. Anyways, we have him, we have our daughter, you know, fast forward, I'm 40, I have two kids, 12 and 8, like that chapter for me is so fucking done. I've healed that wound, like past that, I've had two healthy kids uh, uh, after that. I'm just so past that point. So in my mind, I'm in a different space in my life. And I just started a business. And even on a drunk fucking stupid night, like there's no way I can get pregnant, right? So one drunk night on vacation, I might've been ovulating um, because I'm tracking my cycle to the fucking day. Like I literally know exactly what day and instance this happened. I find out that I'm pregnant this summer. And if you know me, you know that that rocked me to my core rocked me to my core and i'd be lying and this is why i really want to do this episode and this is why i hope that people find this episode inspiring and this is where the authenticity and vulnerability come in for me is there's so many fucking emotions that come with motherhood from the fucking moment you piss on that stick you've entered the journey of motherhood and no matter what the outcome is it starts in that moment. And I just felt like, and so it kicked up all my shit, right? So now I'm 40, I'm pregnant, I just started a business, like all of my shit has been kicked up. And I go immediately back to that 27 year old girl who didn't know anything, didn't know anything. Literally until we were trying to get pregnant with my son, I didn't know that you could only get pregnant during a certain time of the month. Like that's how unconnected I was. my body had no idea until i was 27 years old because i just was on birth control and my goal in life was to not have babies so like i just never paid attention to it so this fast forward i'm 40 this happens it kicks up all my shit and i had a big big range of emotions and this is the part that i always felt really isolated in motherhood is that we were only allowed to share our happy feelings we're only allowed to say how much we love our babies which we do but we are never allowed to talk about how fucking hard it was and how hard it is to be up in the middle of the night breastfeeding with bloody nipples and a bloody vagina while your husband's sleeping. And bless him, he can't feed the baby, right? But it's fucking isolating. You just went through so much. And it I immediately was that girl again. And I was so fucking triggered. And I immediately felt like, oh my God, what the fuck am I going to do? This is the biggest fucking plot twist of my life life. And that was not okay. And that's why I wanted to make this episode is because I was not okay. I was not. It took me a couple of days (laughs) to even get to okay. Luckily, I have the best husband in the world for me, made for me. And he was okay, and he was very okay, and he was more than okay, and he was fucking excited <laughs> and over the moon. So I learned a lot through this journey, and I don't even really know how to tell this story all the way. So this is mid-August. I find out I'm pregnant. I'm emotionally wrecked. I don't know what to do. I have an amazing support system, and I start to feel better. I do I start to feel better. I know that we can do this. We have the space, we have the resources, we have the love, we have the family, we have the home. We are so fucking blessed. We're so fucking privileged, and I know that. And I recognize that every single day, every single morning, I write in my gratitude journal about all the things that are fucking amazing in my life. But this one was still rocking me to my core. Then I got sick. And I was so fucking nauseous morning sickness. And again, I'm tracking my cycle to the day. So I find out like immediately that I'm pregnant. And I start getting sick almost like immediately, like five weeks pregnant. And five weeks pregnant is still super early. In, a, in society, like, you know, it's don't—you um, don't tell people you're pregnant until you're 12 weeks and you're in the clear. Again, hide your pain, hide your suffering, because if you miscarriage, please, like, go through that by yourself and don't let anybody know. And it's a double-edged sword, right, because you don't want to go tell everyone—and I did this when <laughs> the first time when we were trying for our son— At six weeks pregnant, I told the fucking everybody because I was so excited because we've been trying for a year. And then when we miscarried a couple weeks later, I had to go back and tell everyone I wasn't pregnant anymore. And yes, that's its own level and form of trauma. But also it's like, how do you win, right? Because in that moment, your life changes forever. So I can't pretend I'm not pregnant. This is like the biggest thing in my life. So it's really struggling. And then I got sick and I had morning sickness immediately. And when I say morning sickness, it was like fucking all day. And I was so fucking sick. And my boobs hurt. I don't know why my fucking left foot hurt. Like, I couldn't walk. My boobs hurt. And I was sick as a dog. Like, sick from morning to night. And then the depression kicks in. If you've ever been nauseous from morning to night for weeks on end, it is mind-boggling like the depression of not wanting to exist because the only way you can feel better is to not exist the only way I felt better was to sleep right because I couldn't fucking feel it it was mind-boggling and it was I I don't even know the words for it and I can't even because I'm really trying not to cry (laughs) and there's hawks flying out my window and the hawks are like my sign so it was fucking mind-boggling and then the plot just continues, right? So, from five weeks to eight weeks, I'm literally sick every day. Um, I got those C band bracelets on my wrist, and it's into your acupressure um, bands. And those seem to give me some relief. Uh, I was hiding from clients. I had to wear long sleeves so I could wear these. I felt terrible. I am an open book. like. I realize I'm not even a really private person. I mean, like, shit, I've told you, like, this episode is the most vulnerable fucking episode ever. Um, I'm not really private. Like, what's going on in my immediate life? Like, I like to fucking share. And it was the weirdest fucking space. I did share with a couple people because I just couldn't fucking hold it in. I didn't know how to process it. Clearly, I process through this podcast and through talking and sharing and connecting. It's such a big fucking piece of who I am. But I was hiding from so many people because I didn't want to shift our experience or our time together. I'm inside my head about how can I show up? How can I serve my clients? How can I be creative? I don't feel good. It was really, really, really hard. It was extremely fucking taxing emotionally, physically, fucking mentally, every word you can think of. However, I won't say it was taxing spiritually. And I say this because I felt like I was getting signs left and right that this was what I was supposed to be doing. Um, just little things, right? So like, there's <laughs> this is a whole nother podcast by itself, but like little things, that, little coincidences that had come up between my friends, my family. I got a psychic reading during this time. Um... Just all these things that had just continued to come up. So spiritually, it felt really connected. And I was trying to lean in and use that as my guiding post to feel good and know that even though I couldn't understand why it was happening, that it was happening for a reason and it was going to change my life for the better. And I really thought it was my chance to show motherhood in a different way and really make it unique for me and hopefully share that story with other people and inspire them that you can um, <laughs> not be perfect and get uh, accidentally pregnant at 40 and run a brand new business and have a 13 year old at the same time and have a supportive husband who's going to do all the things you can do that and you can have that and you can have it all essentially and I was going to lean into it and I was going to own the fucking shit out of it I swear I was but it was hard it was so so hard And I've used the word was, so you can pick up on the past tense in this conversation. And I'm going to, I'm sick up the whole time and I'm going to my eight week appointment. And by this point, I've really kind of come around like it's still a fucking mind blower. I still, um, I'm still like, you know, getting there. But, you know, I've had a Pinterest board. I had my style picked out, Um, was already plotting. I had my Pinterest board for nurseries, like all the things. Like I had to jump in. Like, you know me, you know me. Like I just don't, I just jump in. I just go. You give me a task, you give me a challenge. Like I'm going to fucking take it on and I'm going to find the ways that make me feel good in it and that I can have fun with it. So I did these things, right? I had, if anyone needs some pregnancy books, I have all of the fucking, I have witchy pregnancy, um, spiritual pregnancy books. I have feng shui mommy pregnancy books. I have healthy eating pregnancy books. They are still sitting in my house. I will share them with you. Heading to my eight-week appointment. I know I'm all over the place. It is not linear, and I'm just like mind-dumping. And Obviously, I don't have fucking show notes or a a format to follow here. I go to my eight-week appointment, and two—well, I have many memories, but Big things that stick out to me. Remember when I told you my husband's over the moon and he stepped up but in a way he's never stepped up. And I think I fell in love with him more in the last 21 years than I've ever loved him ever. Like maybe not how I was like infatuated with him at 19, <laughs> but loved him and needed him And let him support me in a way that he's just never, that I've never let him in and never let him support me, right? Because I, and I've had a hard time with that with just losing my job and letting him support me, quote unquote, financially, where I'm not making the same amount of money. So I've kind of like been chipping away at that slowly but surely. But here, I was mentally, emotionally rock bottom and physically rock bottom, And while I was slowly but surely getting myself there emotionally and mentally, it was taking me just that much longer because I was physically so fucking sick. And um, I'd really, really leaned on him, like in a way, I've just never leaned on him before. And that is definitely something that came out of this experience that I will never take for granted and never take lightly. So I go to the week appointment, he's dancing in the garage, right? He's so excited, like literally dancing. I would never forget that image in my mind ever. I go in, I'm basically hyperventilating in my mask, because <laughs> I know that in this moment, it's all gonna shift, right? The day you get to see your ultrasound of your baby, no matter what you feel, like you're gonna shift, right? I knew that it was gonna be amazing, I was gonna hear the heartbeat, it's life. I knew that it was all gonna be okay, and I was ready for that and I went into the room we turned on the ultrasound and like pretty quickly I guess the tech I honestly don't know it all happened so quick the tech turns it on and like fucking five seconds in it's like hold on I'll be right back and then they leave you in the room with the jelly on your belly which was like talk about isolating and feeling alone again like you know, obviously, so that you know what's wrong. and They wouldn't leave you on the table with your belly exposed with the jelly all over it and a blank screen, right? So you know what she's coming back next to tell you. I guess they have a process or procedure where they bring in somebody else to help the conversation, And I'm just sitting there, and all I can visualize is my husband dancing in the garage and being super happy and excited and all of the things. Obviously, my kids know because I'm out for the count, right? Like, going to bed every night at, like, 6.30 and, like, just not feeling good. Hanging out of the car at my daughter's car line. I was joking, saying how, like, the other parents must think I'm hungover every fucking morning because I'm, like, head out at the car drop-off line because the fresh air helps a little bit. And she, of course, they walk back in and they say the baby doesn't have a heartbeat and it looks like a baby on the screen, though, right? It looks like a baby on the screen. So it was a mind fuck because I had progressed and the doctor said it looks super fucking recent. Um, but these things just happen, right? Your body knows these things happen. And if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And then physically, the body knows if it's not viable, and it will, you know, do what it does, and it, um, it won't progress. And I was just sitting there in this mind fuck of a moment, having the biggest fucking feelings in my life. Because on one hand, I feel grief and devastated. And on one hand, I feel relief. And even just saying that right now, my heart and my chest just tighten because I know the judgment. I feel, I don't know anything. I feel like the judgment is coming, right? So I feel grief because at this point, it had been a month, a solid month, right? All we did was talk about the baby. All my kids did was talk about the baby, And mind you, to make it plot twistier than it is, my sister had accidentally gotten pregnant late in life too. So now me and my sister, but she got pregnant first. So now me and my sister both are late in life pregnant. She has a fucking 14 year old and an eight year old. I have a 12 year old, almost 13 year old and an eight year old. And we're like, how the fuck did we get here? And Truth be told, when she told me she was pregnant, I was like, don't you know how to not make babies, (laughs) right? Like, what are you doing? But shit happens and life happens. And that was a really big lesson for me because my shit, I have kept my shit tight for so long and I, I slip, I fucking slip all the time, but I haven't had a big slip like that in a long time. And uh, I slipped and fell from grace in my mind for sure in my mind. And in this moment, I'm just sitting there and I'm feeling all the fucking feelings. And I feel both. And I feel both equally as you can feel both, if that makes sense. Like one minute I feel this way and one minute I feel this way. And I also feel sad and devastated for my husband because I know he's going to be sad and devastated. So when I say it's every fucking feeling, it's every fucking feeling. And it was hard, and then that feeling, because now, now shame has entered the game, right? Because I feel re- some level of relief. So now I feel shameful that I have that feeling, and who can I tell that I feel relief? Who can, I, who can say to someone, I just went through this monumental fucking experience, and while, yes, a piece of me is devastated, a piece of me is relieved and feels like my real self. And I will tell you a little bit more about that as well, is when I was having a really hard time wrapping my head around this, we all have visions of what we think our life is going to be, right? I have a vision of where I think my life is going to be in five years, and it's obviously not raising the newborn, it's my son's graduating from high school in five years, going to college, right? I'm not putting a fucking kindergartner on the bus (laughs) and my son is going to college at the same time. Like those two things didn't exist for me, but they did. So in this moment they did, but they didn't before that. And I had a really hard time, but I'm going to tell you where I really would get fucked up is I will look at family photos and I will look at all the vacations we go on. Um, Those are a lot of the pictures we have up in our house. And I would, I'd feel grief for this baby. And I'd feel grief for my other kids because I was like, they're not going to know each other. They're not even going to have a relationship. Like Landon's going to be in college when this baby's five. That baby's not going to remember him. They're not going to have like the same relationship that I have with my brother and her sister. And I was grieving that even though it didn't exist yet. I was grieving these family photos of a family family that wasn't complete if that was the story. And I felt sad for that baby. And I was grieving my old life. I was grieving the life that I thought I knew. So then when things came out and they were like, psych, surprise, your life is what you thought it was. It was like the cruelest trick and relief at the same time. And now I'm crying. (laughs) So why I decided to do that this week and why I decided to share that story this week is because this past week would have been 12 weeks. This episode was supposed to be a very different episode. Essentially the same story, but with a different ending. And I was gonna share it on the podcast with (laughs) basically the same (laughs) concept, right? Plot twist. Guess what? I'm 40 and pregnant, and I was just going to share what I was going to do, my plan of action, how to handle it, how I process it, and whatever emotion and feeling I was feeling at this point. And that was this week, on Monday, the 11th, which if you guys know me, you know 11 is my number. So when they told me that 12 weeks was October 11th, I knew in my heart, going back to me telling you about the spiritual signs, like I was like, oh my God, this baby is meant to be. And... So when I miscarried, I was like, what? This doesn't happen. This doesn't happen with the unexpected child, right? This doesn't happen when something like this just falls in your lap. Like, yeah, it happened when we were trying with Landon, and I always con- attributed, well, many things, right? Many things. I was on birth control for years, and my body wasn't healed. But I also was trying so hard. and was so fucking desperate, and it was like the classic story of once you start fucking stop trying so hard, the baby comes, and I was trying so hard. So with this one, I thought like, oh, bitch, <laughs> she, this is here to stay. And uh, there, this is not how the story ends, right? This is just not how the story ends. And I felt that in my core and I felt that in my bones and like my fucking intuition. So now I'm questioning my intuition, right? Because I'm like, spiritually and my intuition and my highest self, I felt like I knew this. How is this not happening, right? So this week with 12 weeks hit, and I had emotions that I did not know I had. And here's a funny story. You're listening to this, and you might be like, wow, Katie, like, you've done a lot. (laughs) Have you been going through this? So you might remember a workshop that I had scheduled in September that I had to cancel. I had to cancel it because the day before was my appointment, and I found out that I had to have the DNC. So the same day I was supposed to be doing my first workshop was the day of my DNC. That's why that got canceled. So in true Katie fashion, I came back, and mentally, I can't even speak on how mentally and emotionally I felt, because those were some of the biggest fucking emotions I've ever felt in my life. But physically, I felt like a new woman. Again, if you've ever been nauseous for... Imagine being hungover for fucking three straight weeks. 21 days. Think of like your worst hangover and imagine it for 21 days. That's what I did for 21 days. So when that shifted in my body. I felt like a new woman. And I thought I was processing it emotionally because physically I felt so much better. And then once my husband and I talked and we worked through and let me tell you, the first couple of days were rough as fuck, but life continues to happen. And I have other kids and another piece I left out. When I was in the doctor's office that day, The other feeling that I felt overwhelmingly was gratitude, and it was gratitude for the two fucking kids I have, and holy shit, how did I ever give birth to these two kids? At this point, I have had more fucking miscarriages than I've had kids. I've lost four kids, and I only have two. I've been pregnant six times, and I only have two kids. I... Was so grateful for them in that moment, and I just really vowed to be present with them in a way that we all slip from. It's hard. It's so hard. Presence is a hard thing, and we have so many distractions. We have more distractions than ever. And starting a new business is a huge distraction. But all the other things that come in, and that is a really big feeling that I felt in that moment in the in the doctor's office was just overwhelming. It was like a fucking beam of light beam down on me, and I can I know exactly where I was sitting. And I felt gratitude for those two kids, like a way I've never, never felt it. So part of my healing process, talking to my husband, working it through, crying, we all cried and feeling better physically, you know, I thought I'd really, really processed it. And not like all the way, but in a way, right? I did not know that I had so much built up energy, energy, emotion, energy in motion inside of me until this week. So I launch, I cancel the workshop, I come back, I feel better, and I say, when the fuck am I doing this workshop again? And I mentioned my marketing, my business strategist, my biz bestie, my ace boon coon. We get on the call and we're like, okay, I, I'm dictating this. This is not her by any means. She just helped me with the brilliance and the creativity and the genius and the strategy around this, but this is my dictation of the dates and like, let's fucking do this. I'm sure that she said, like, are you sure? And speaking of support, like her and a couple of the key people, like in addition to my husband, like I can't even, there's, I've already been talking for so long, like it would take me another 45 minutes to express my gratitude for her. And the other women in my life who supported me and my husband through this transition. I get on the phone with her, going back to the original point here. Get on the phone and I'm like, okay, how, when, how are we doing this workshop? We plan the workshop. And then I'm like, I'm ready to do the scary shit. I'm like, let's launch a fucking group program. I've always wanted to do one and I haven't. And I feel like I've just been given this... Kind of weird second chance, and really, what I'm doing is I am fucking pushing those feelings and that grief so fucking far down. Because if I can give myself something really fucking scary to do, then I don't have to even think about it, right? All I got to think about is launching a fucking group program. So that's what I did. I had my uh, workshop. It was amazing, and I and that was part of my healing. It really was. It was amazing amazing women on that call that I love and I'm grateful for. And we had an amazing time together. We all got value out of it. And I launched that uh, group program and I connected with amazing women. And I learned so much from that as well. And then here we are. And I've been kind of quiet, what feels quiet to me on social media. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing next as far as like my planning of my podcast, I have been in survival mode for the last two months until I decided to do that launch. And it gave me somewhat of a plan to move through the next couple of weeks. And I needed that. I needed the plan. I needed to know what I was doing for the next couple of weeks because I hadn't. I had been in so much of a fucking survival, survival mode mindset for the last month or so prior to that. So in some ways, yes, I needed to launch that program. But then on the back end of it, what I've realized this week on the 12-week day, I dropped my daughter as Monday. I dropped my daughter off at school and I just have my neck and my back. The week before was like literally like a really shitty week for me. Physically, I felt so fucking burnt out physically. Like I was exhausted. I would wake up exhausted. Like (laughs) I haven't felt like that since I probably had a newborn. And I was exhausted. And the Friday before was just a Fucking bad day. I I was just not, I was angry. Literally, I was angry all day on Friday. And I even talked to my friend and I was like, I'm fucking angry. And then she's like, Well, what are you gonna do about it? Like, tell me what you're gonna do, like to take care of yourself today. And like, I want you to fucking tell me, hold me accountable, blah, blah, blah. And I did that on Friday. I talked to my husband. I told him I didn't have a relaxing weekend at all. Not that it was a bad weekend, it was just busy family stuff, birthday parties. I mean, great things, but like I wasn't going in, right? It wasn't pausing. It wasn't slowing down. So come Monday morning, my body was like, bitch, we're done. I'm going to need you to slow down and experience and feel a fucking feeling before you explode from the fucking inside out. So Monday morning, I'm dropping my daughter off and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is wrong? Like my neck, my back, like my whole body. And I can literally feel this shit bubbling up. And I have a bunch of new stuff. I booked a last-minute client for a family photo shoot, a good friend. I really wanted to help her. We're on a tight deadline, and that was my day. I didn't have time to feel the fucking feeling. So I'm in the pickup line, and I'm just like, what in the hell? And it hits me. It's Monday. It's the 11th. It's 12 weeks. And I told myself, all right, when you go home, you're going to do the thing. And you're going to sit with this. You're going to journal. You're going to do your own little ritual. And like, you're going to see... You're gonna feel the feelings, Katie, because you can't show up for yourself, you're not gonna be able to show up for your client, you can't show up for your kids until you do this. So I came home that morning, I journaled, I cried, all the feelings came out, and I had my own little ritual in my closet with my crystals and my candles. Like I went all down the rabbit hole of spirituality and what it means for me. We could talk about that if you have questions. And I honored it, and I let every goddamn feeling good, bad, ugly ones I didn't even know I had come out on that paper and come out in my meditation and my crying, and I let my body rack and heave, and it was amazing in that space. I have n- i realized <laughs> I don't let myself go there. I don't let myself feel sadness and grief. It's really funny to me. I don't know the five stages of grief. I know one of them is anger. <laughs> And I feel like I kind of moved through that last week and this week. And just saying that on the podcast, I realized that. I was like, oh, isn't anger one of them? And that was the exact word I used on Friday. I was like, I'm fucking angry. And I was like, I don't know why. And I had a great like day. I got my nails done. I met with some my local girl mastermind group. I went to Fresh Market. I didn't have any quote-unquote real work to do. I was like just doing some wrap-up stuff. And I was fucking angry all day. So I honored it here in the closet and a couple of the things that came up and, like, just why I'm sharing. I'm just sharing just to share because, one, pregnancy loss is fucking isolating. Motherhood is isolating. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. But it was—for me, that was my experience. Those are very bold statements. That was my experience. And I don't want it to be. It was— When I think of this podcast and why I wanted to originally do this podcast, I wanted to do it in mom guilt. And my mom guilt was born out of the shame and isolation I felt the second I entered that journey. It was born out of that. And I've been trying to unravel it since the day that I decided I wanted to start a podcast. And I guess that was 2018. Before I started it and like hooked up with my coaching group and community and all that thing, all that. I didn't even know that shit existed. I didn't even know that there was a place like that. I just didn't even know. I didn't have any idea. I just didn't know. I still don't know a ton of shit, but I definitely know a fuck lot more than I did back in 2018 about who I am and what I want out of my life. And that was my original plan with the podcast. And then it's morphed and it's changed. And it's why I don't. I talk about my kids plenty. I talk about my husband plenty. But it's why I talk about the things I'm doing for me, because this podcast is for me. This podcast is for the woman or the person that identifies as the caretaker who has always put someone else in someone else's needs in front of hers. And she's a badass bitch and she's here to do amazing things, but she's always looking at someone else's highest version of themselves instead of herself first. And she hasn't even let herself go there. And that's why I'm sharing this story and I'm sharing all of it and it's messy and I don't have any fucking tips or tricks on how to get out of grief and pregnancy loss, but I wanted to open the conversation and I want to open the door I was going to have this conversation with somebody else that has experienced great grief from pregnancy loss, but then I realized that was a mask. That person still doesn't even know that right now I'm recording this episode and that her and I will probably still do an episode, but it's going to be very different from what I originally thought. And I reached out to her because I knew that on some level she'd understand all the feelings because she's been there and she's had to make hard choices. But if I knew this week what I learned about myself was that if I did that episode with her, it was another fucking mask on my authenticity and my vulnerability, and I had to do this one myself because this was my life, and I knew that I would shift into the podcast host who's essentially hosting someone on their podcast, and just like any host, when someone comes to your house, you want them to feel comfortable, and I knew I'd hold back, Even though I've had this person on the podcast before and I've been on her podcast and we have a great relationship and we've worked and supported each other's businesses and just like all the things, but still I knew I'd hold back and I couldn't with this episode. That being said, what really, really came up for me this week, and I know it will change me and I know it'll change my life and it'll change my business and the way I see everything in the world was, I pride myself on my ability to be real and vulnerable, and raw, and say exactly the fuck's on my mind, but I realize and learn that I don't let myself feel certain feelings, and how can I bring you with me if I have never been there myself? You know that amazing quote that people have told me about people in my life that I love? They can't meet you anywhere they've never been, right? I can't meet you there because I've never been there myself. I can't take you with me to that level of authenticity or vulnerability because I haven't been there myself. And for me, that's the bottom of the emotional vibrational scale. It's the anger. It's the grief. I can't, I've just I don't let myself go there. I get mad, sure, right? I'm a little bit of a hothead, I guess. I get mad. I have big fucking emotions. And they fly high, and then they drop, right? I ride the fucking roller coaster all day, every day. I love it. I breathe it. I fucking just, like, it's who I am. That's my essence, I guess. I keep using that word, (laughs) But I just realized like I stop it at a certain point and I never let myself really, really fall. I just don't let myself experience myself in that space. When I was writing that letter, so much shit came out of me. It was unreal. And then here's where I knew that I really don't let myself go deep. I wrote the letter, I folded it up so motherfucking tight. I forgot how to fold letters from school, but oh, this bitch remembered really quick <laughs> how to get that thing down and have it in a cute little fold. And I wanted to go out back and burn it in the fire pit. I burn stuff in the fire pit all the time. Uh, that's like when I lost my job, it's part of how I process. And just like when my grandmother died in COVID, she's literally my favorite person. I know she's one of my spirit guides and she she's literally like soul tribe. I know she is. We will be together in other lives. I will see her again for sure. She's always communicating with me, connecting with me. That's how I honored her and her death. Like, we never had a real funeral, traditional funeral, which I so know is for the people who are still alive. And I had to honor her in my own way. And it was very similar to what I did with the baby. And I like to burn things in my fireplace. Special space for me in my yard. It's where my husband and I hang out. We have our initials spray painted on the trees. I'm sure my fucking neighbors love that. It's huge. <laughs> and I wanted to burn it. And I thought about him because we spend so much time there and this is something him and I both experienced. And the defining moment for me was when I was scared to tell him that I wrote this letter and that I wanted him to come burn it with me. And I was like, son of a bitch, my vulnerability stops in two places. One I'm going to say is being extra silly and playful That one I can push past a little bit sometimes. And for me, I think of dancing and like really acting childlike in front of people. That's one place I stop myself. And that's going to be on the highest end of the scale, right? Then the other part is the grief and the real fucking emotion of sadness. I stop myself. So I knew in that moment I had to tell him. And I told him that I wanted him to come out. I avoided all day. This is the first thing I did. We didn't burn that letter until the afternoon. (laughs) I waited, and I took him out there, and he was like, you going to read me the letter? I was like, dude, you're lucky that you're even here with me right now. Plus, that letter is folded so tight, nobody's unfolding that today. And we burned it, and we held each other, and we honored it. And that's where I'm at. I'm not healed. It's still messy. I'm sure it's going to come up again, but I wanted to open the conversation. I wanted to open the conversation of challenging our thoughts and our beliefs. (laughs) Obviously, every one of those got ripped and questioned and magnifying glass on top of them through August and September. And I wanted to open up the conversations, the scary, dirty, vulnerable conversations around motherhood And I wanted to open up the conversations about pregnancy loss and fertility. And that fucking journey is so isolating and struggling. And the reason I keep using the word isolating is it's your body and no one else knows that. Like your husband can love you to the fucking moon and back, but it's not his body and he does not feel it in his body. And maybe that's my own block but it's my body and no one else feels what I feel in this moment. And to me, that just felt isolating. But another woman I felt like could really understand this in a different way. And I just didn't feel like I had women to talk to about this. I specifically remember, and <laughs> these boos might be listening, but I specifically remember being mad at my best friend and my sister after having my son because I didn't feel like they told me the truth about motherhood and how fucking scary and hard it is. And I remember my friend, I don't know if she remembers this, this was a long time ago and her son's 17. What the fuck was I supposed to say, Katie, that it sucks? What the fuck was I supposed to say? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. She might not have said it just like that because she's not as bold and brazen as me, but it was along those lines about like, well, what the fuck was I supposed to tell you? (laughs) And we don't and I'm not, I don't know the answer, and I don't say—and I'm not saying we need to, like, scare the shit out of first-time moms, but I don't know. I'm just opening the door. I don't have the answers. And I think that's how I'm going to end this. I'm going to end this with, I don't know the answers, but I've shared my truth, and that's it. And I know that once I hit stop on this microphone, which I'm kind of scared to do now, just like I was pausing in the beginning to tell you the story, I'm pausing to end it because then I'm going to to feel another goddamn emotion— The vulnerability hangover is going to be so real. But when you listen to this, I hope you find it inspiring. And I just hope that it just inspires you to just stand in your truth and feel all the feelings and just grow a little. So I'm gonna leave it with, I don't have the answers, but this is me. And that was like a really big mask off and down. And I am looking forward to the future and what it brings and all the lessons that will come from this. I know it's my journey. I know I have a connection to that soul. I know that that soul and I will meet another day and that person's part of my tribe. And maybe in another life, it will be a different situation. Maybe I get to be the baby in the next life and they get to be the mom. And that's all I got. So I'm out. Thank you for holding that space for me. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.